Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Only Bruins, episode six, brought to you by Black and Gold Productions. What up, what up? And I have none other, the CEO of Black and Gold Productions, the host of Black and Gold Podcast, and the host of new podcast, Providence, Providence Report. Providence Hockey Report. Providence Hockey Report. I, I that's like the second time I butchered that. I think I butchered. Are oh, you always butchered the on. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast as well? So yeah, well, that that's just me being me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but what's up, man? Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you hopping on as we record Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night before uh, puck drop Wednesday night. Uh, what's going on, man? No, I'm good. Mark Albright here, host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, and. Yeah, I'm glad to be back uh, talking hockey with you. And and one day, uh, literally 24 hours prior to the start of the 22-23 uh, regular season for our Bruins, and I'm wicked pumped, man. I'm I'm happy to be here with you and celebrate, and got a nice little, nice little uh, little bird bourbon Ooh. here with me. Yeah, my Courtney got me a nice bottle of bourbon to celebrate the new hockey season. So it's it's uh, it's fitting to sit here with you and talk bees and have a couple. I got some Celsius rolling too, and I see you've got some beers. So some beers flowing. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just impatiently waiting for puck drop tomorrow. We've had um, since I, you know, I put out five episodes before the season started, and you know, it's you're digging for content, and uh, I mean, you do a two hour episode every fucking week, and you guys do a great job over there. By the way, congrats on 300. That's a huge milestone and a very fitting milestone before. Um, before puck drop this week because i mean black and gold productions just keeps growing and growing and you guys are doing a great job over there i'm halfway through this week's episode and uh everyone's doing a great job over there so congrats man thanks dude appreciate it it's been a it's been a fun ride and uh honestly cannot cannot go any forward or or take any more of the um the uh the gracious thoughts from everybody without giving total freaking like uh control to the guys that and the ladies that really run the show i mean it's their content that that really uh gets us noticed on the, on a regular basis i'm just steering the wheel while those guys pump the freaking articles out and so on but i mean i do my own little thing with the uh the two podcasts every week and editing video and editing uh, uh regular articles and so on so i mean it's a it's a fun grind though i love my freaking job yeah, and that's what's important is that you love it, and <clears throat> it's definitely a grind compared to your you know typical forty-hour week with your day job. But you know, from when I met you till you know now, it's I mean the growth has been absurd, like crazy. So it's <laughs> it's it's definitely been fun to see uh, to see the growth. As I think I said last time, or maybe even oh it was last week because I was talking to. Uh, 
Mike Sullivan <clears throat> hosted the uh, Something's Brewing over there as he was on level nine this past Saturday night, the last preseason game. So, and you were earlier this preseason. So that's awesome for black and gold productions and everyone out there doing, putting in the hard work and all that. But I mean, no more, uh, no more speculation, no more. I mean, almost no more speculation, no more digging for content. We are finally here. You're probably listening to this Wednesday morning of puck drop. And, um, we we had an interesting past few days as a Bruins fan as uh, we were. And I think your co-host, Kevin O'Keefe, put out a tweet earlier today, like saying like this is like the first season in a long time that it's you're not entirely sure what the you know lineup is going to look like opening night. And it's exciting. It's nerve wracking. It's exciting as well, though. And it definitely catches my attention because um we saw some paper transactions and some other transactions earlier this week where they waived um they waived uh Wagner uh Felino and Mike Riley which obviously Burns fans including myself were in shock that they actually had the balls to waive Felino and that Mike Riley got waived because I thought he had a great camp um what was your takeaway from that what was your biggest takeaway from that? And who were you most shocked by? Uh, let me let me start this whole thing by telling you how we found out about this. We were actually recording Black and Gold Productions. Oh, uh, that's right. yeah. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 300. And we had Gail Triani with us and uh, Jim Swindells, both of them are uh, colleagues at Black and Gold Productions. And they uh, were gracious with their time celebrating 300 with us. But uh, towards the end of the recording, we were kind of strapped for time and kind of pushing the con- uh, the uh, topics along to try to keep it under two hours. And Gail came out and just said, oh, my God, she's got breaking news. And all of a sudden it just came down that they waived all three of them. Now, to be honest, my, my co-host, Kevin O'Keefe, and, and I'm trying to get the video out to to actually get a look at uh, everybody can get a look at Kevin's face because he had the biggest uh, like, like weird, like I'm confused, but I'm kind of shocked. You know, yeah. it was just like one of those things like, okay, you did it to um, Nick Felino. We kind of expected that, but we also thought he was going to be bought out and maybe some other things down the uh, further back in the preseason that could have happened that he wasn't going to be in the lineup, but to come this close to the, 22 23 season and hear that he's uh he's waived especially mike riley i thought he had a really good preseason even though that he's uh i don't think mike riley's uh 100 i think he's still uh you know he can he can skate and so on because he's in that you know that boot and your foot's not moving and so on but i think he's still recovering might be 90 percent. let's just say that for shits and giggles uh, a little bit shocking to me to, to see him uh, go, but we also have to be cap compliant by October 12th as well. As we're speaking right now, the roster is set, so it's cap compliant. Um, but it was uh, a little shocking to me when you were talking about the Bruins depth and so on, that he would be the one that got waived. Uh, Chris Wagner, not really shocked at all. Um, you know, a lot of Bruins fans love him because he's from around the area. I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a new England kid myself, but, um, you know, what he did prove in the playoffs last year was pretty good as well. But um, just for the cap reasons and so on, and I know it's not a very big cap hit that he's saving the Bruins. I think it's only like $275,000 on the cap. 
uh, by going down, but still every little penny counts, I guess. And if you're Evan Gold, you got to figure all that shit out. But, um, you know, the, the uh, it was it, it was weird to to say the least, but I'm sure we'll talk about some more transactions that went through later on about what even got weirder about this whole situation. Yeah, and we're still waiting to see, and it sounds like he will sign at some point, uh, Strawman. Because he traveled, I believe he traveled with the team or he's still with the team and they haven't announced that signing yet. I'd imagine maybe they might announce it tomorrow, but it sounds like he is the on man out tomorrow as well. If he does sign prior to uh, puck drop tomorrow and he's a guy that we talked about. I talked about last week with Mike Sullivan that I've been impressed with his game. I mean, when I say impressed, I mean, he's not, you know, lighting up the scoreboard or surprising me by any means but he's just he's an older guy he's got wear and tear on the legs he's got miles on the legs and uh he's just playing a perfectly sound game and i think it's yeah even if he doesn't get that many games in i think it's a good decision to keep a guy like him there because then it you know makes clifton realize like okay like i have to actually battle for my spot because we were thin on that right side so i do i do um like that they're still keeping him around and hopefully maybe at some point uh, we do see, uh, see that signing and we do see him in the game because I think he could certainly help as we're kind of trying to tread water till the big dogs get back. But uh, I mean, let, let me ask you this. Are, are you, and I don't expect him to stay up here this long because uh, as Fluto and other writers uh, put out the lines earlier today with the practice lines and projected practice lines. Bergeron just took a, you know, rest day, day off. And I was, I was also expecting Twitter to panic a little bit more or Bruins Twitter over there, panic a little bit more with him not skating, but um, are you surprised by, um, I could, I, I've heard his name a thousand times. Lauku, Loku. I, I'm probably saying that wrong. Are you Jack surprised Cooper. that he's projected to be in the starting lineup to start the season? Yeah, I'm actually real shocked. Um and 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 happy for him as well because um you know, as a Providence Bruins credential writer, I I see a lot and I watch every one of his games since he's been uh with Providence. And I wasn't overly thrilled about his development. Um you know, the guy the kid can scrap, he can throw his weight around. Um, he's always there for when uh, a player needs to, you know, some backup, you know, uh, and I just wish his, his offensive capabilities were, were a little more on, uh, showcase, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For us fans and Bruins management to really look at, but cause he's taken a real serious, like decline in my opinion and in, in my prospect rankings, he, he really did in the past two years, um, mostly due to injury and so on, but injuries happen they're hockey players they they play rough and they they're, they're at that level for a, a reason they beat the shit out of their fucking bodies yeah but but um yeah i just wish that lauka was just a little more offensive and, and i'm shocked that he's there this far and and i understand what he's going through when he says that a lot of people are, are discounting him and wondering why he's there and so on well i'm, I'm sorry yaka but you know, the writing's on the wall when a lot of people are watching you and and we're not seeing much. But when you get these opportunities, uh, you obviously want to do the best you can. 
uh, regardless if it's preseason or whatever, but still it's an NHL thing. And, and he played really good. I, I thought, I thought he put a better effort in this, um, in the, in these preseason uh, exhibition games and, and, and training camp. But uh, I also want to see consistency from him now, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not expecting him to stay up here long. Um, you know, if, if he does good for him that, that, you know, all the power to him and so on, but I expected him to be uh, sent down to Providence um, uh, sooner rather than later, but also I want him to continue working, you know, uh, keep fighting. It's the always hungry league for, for a purpose. And, <laughs> and, you know, and if he, if he wants to get back in that, in, in the NHL, he's got to do it in the A. And I know Ryan Mujanel will push him as, as much as possible. And, uh, you know, I expect if he can do it down there, he'll get some more games. Yeah. And I mean, I would say he definitely had a better camp than Trent Frederick, who sounds like he's going to be health bombed tomorrow. We'll get into him a little bit later, but uh, I think a lot of people are expecting more out of him, especially in the contract year with, I don't know. I mean, Neely did come out saying, you know, they didn't, he didn't have the camp that they wanted him to have and he didn't have the camp that he wanted to have. And I mean, that's, you know, everyone saw that you you didn't even have to be a Bruins fan to know that he certainly wasn't having a great camp. Um, but I'm definitely shocked by that, especially with the preseason and training camp that McLaughlin had, he was turning a lot of heads. I think he's NHL ready. Um, I, you know, I know you guys think highly of him and I just, especially being a right shot, it looks like Lauku is on the right side and uh, on the fourth line going into tomorrow night or tonight as you're listening. And I thought, I don't know. I mean, they're both waiver-exempt contracts between him and uh, McLaughlin, so I was kind of surprised that McLaughlin got sent down, and, uh, especially with just... he McLaughlin looks like a perfect, as he's starting to come up and develop even more, but right now he looks like the perfect kind of fourth-line guy to drive to the net, get his nose dirty, and just do whatever it takes to... I mean. He's a perfect example of a guy who should be on the energy line like the fourth line does, you know, like it, it, he just he's high energy. He's high energy. He's not afraid to get dirty. He's got a great shot. And you saw it last year. You saw it in training camp. So I was shocked by that. And I was shocked to see them kind of pick Lauku over um, McLaughlin. But I, do you think they want to, excuse me, uh, develop McLaughlin more as a centerman? Um, actually, I don't, I don't think it matters to him. Cause we, we, we talked to him several times in the locker room, uh, over the off season. And, uh, during this, uh, training camp about expectations about where he could stick, you know, whether it be up the middle, his naturals, uh, position, or if it has to be on the left side, well, I'm sorry, the right side. And, uh, and basically every time he answered was just, I'll do whatever it takes to consistently stay in the NHL. You know, and that's that's exactly what you want to hear from a guy like that. Um, when it comes to like Mark McLaughlin, I think he played a little bit uh, better than than Jakob Lauko and so on. Um, but I mean, Lauko still on his final year of his entry level contract and and he's waiver exempt as well. So it was kind of a mystery on on that whole aspect. And also and also, uh, Nick, when you look at the game one expectation lines from Fulu Shinzawa, I'm looking at that as Felino, Nosek, and Lauko. Lauko's technically playing on his off wing. Yeah. So, you know, it's like that's that's uh, Mark McLaughlin's like natural shot. 
So it kind of, it just doesn't, it continues to not make sense about why Lauko is still in there and why and Mark McLaughlin's um, not. And I'm not, and and just just to your uh, only only Bruins listeners, I'm not knocking Lauko at all. I'm not hammering him. I'm not pissed off that he's in the lineup and so on. It's just you know from what I've what I've seen and other people that cover this team have seen in the past. It's like wow, man, you really want to see more from the kid. But you know when he's up, he's up. But when he's down, he's down. It's almost like how you feel the same way with, um, I mean, JD in the past, Jake DeBrusque in the past. And I mean, granted, JD was anticipated to have a higher ceiling, obviously being a former first round pick. And same with Trent Frederick, I think. Um, but yeah, I saw the Lauku and that he kind of stuck around and made the opening night roster. And it was kind of shocking just because when Fluto did, like you said, put those projected lines out there with the fourth line, you have three left winger three left-handed shots playing on the fourth line um and with the camp that McLaughlin had and him being a, a right-handed shot I just it would have made more sense but well Nick how about this one right maybe maybe it was a management ploy to, to try to spark something by keeping yeah uh Jacob Lauko or Jakob I, don't, I can't remember what it was but keep Lauko up on the big club as long as possible and then he, then if he has to go down, but management's got to know that he's the next man up if they need a left left winger and so on. You know, let him fight. Tell him that that his job is ninety nine percent away, not hundred percent locked. Because it doesn't matter. You still have to work no matter what after for that one percent. And I think that keeping him around and and like putting that carrot in front of him will do wonders down in Providence this year if he goes down. And and work so much harder down there than he ever would. You can still be a solid teammate and drop the gloves if you need to, but you mm-hmm. also need to be point productive. And and a, re- a big reason why you were selected in the third round was to get that depth that we need, that offensive depth that that we we all saw from a younger player in the Czech Republic and in and in the Quebec Junior Hockey League with the Rwanda uh, Naranda Huskies. You know, and 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 a call the cup championship. So, but but even so, you might have you might have sent down McLaughlin, who's a right-handed shot and all that, and he had a great camp. But it sounds like Stanika is going to be a healthy scratch tomorrow night as well, or tonight yeah. as well, whenever you're listening. Um, <clears throat> and so, why not? You know, why not him as well? Because Stanika, I think they you know they kind of expect a lot out of him and. He hasn't necessarily grabbed the bull by the horns when he's gotten his chances. And I know he's kind of had a short leash with um, not Sweeney Cassidy in the past. And I think I'm I'm not sure. And uh, Stanika was kind of, I personally, I think Stanika was a little bit up and down this uh, training camp. I thought he had some great games, some great shifts, but then I thought he was just kind of a passenger at times while out there on the ice. And, you know, I, I don't think between Lauku and Stanika, I don't think one outplayed the other by any means, but I guess it does make sense to, if you want a right-handed shot, to put Stanika out there, but maybe they want a little bit of toughness, a guy who's willing to drop the gloves and, and a guy like Lauku, but then you could also say, like, why don't you put Freddie out there? So that fourth line, right wing spot, it, it's just kind of baffling right now. I mean, things could change. Those are basically just Flutos and others projections 
going until Wednesday night. But this is one thing I, I want to um, want you to try to help me explain to possibly a little bit better with. I know we mentioned how Riley Felino and Wagner were all waived, but you hear it today. Obviously, you see tweets and whatnot. Um, Felino and Riley are pro- traveled with the team. They're projected to play tomorrow night. What? And I saw something. Cap friendly put a tweet out saying Felino and Riley were loaned or something like that to Providence. I, I don't necessarily understand the whole concept with that, but how? And I know it's obviously something to do with a paper transaction, but are you able to explain to me and others who potentially don't <laughs> fully understand this transaction, how they're still with the big club and, you know, they're obviously not saving any money by them not, I mean, them staying, like what was the point of that transaction for them just the next day to be with the, be with the Boston Bruins still? Like you said, Nick, it was a paper transaction. So they the on Monday or was it Sunday? I'm not t- totally sure, but the the Boston Bruins and every other 31 team in the in the league had to be cap compliant by a certain time, and that's what exactly what they did. So they got that number down to um, what they needed to do, which was at the ceiling, and I think that's 82, 82 five as of right now. I could be wrong on that as well, um, but. So it's a paper transaction. They're off the 23-man roster. So they brought up Matt Philippe. They brought up somebody else, and and who knows, uh, just to – it's just a cap. It, it's All it's doing is massaging the cap. That's it. You need okay. to be cap compliant or you'll, you'll forfeit games and, and be fined. So they got cap compliant. That does not mean that when they say – waivers a lot of people immediately think that they're going right to providence or they're going to be picked up by somebody else you can be placed on waivers yes another team can come get you but it doesn't automatically mean that if you pass through waivers that you automatically go right down to providence i think that's the biggest discourse right now with a lot of fans is there they're like well why is this guy on the roster right now or why is riley and and uh, felino on the roster right now when they got waived and that's exactly why it was just a paper transaction, just to be cap compliant. They're just they're working the numbers. Evan Gold is a mastermind when it comes to this. I mean, he's literally like one of the best capologists in the league. So he submitted a form to to Don Sweeney and said, "This is what we need to do to be cap compliant," and they did it. So obviously, there's there's no um, you know rebuttal from that that request um, or that submittal from uh, the league and, and we're cap compliant and ready to go. But that doesn't mean that when a waiver, a, pro, a player is on waivers that they automatically get sent down. A lot of these are going to be paper transactions that folks don't understand. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I can tell you is follow people like me at black and gold two seven seven or Mark Diver at Mark Diver and so on. And, and for, and actually hear or, go to the uh, AHL website and, and read their transaction page on a daily basis. Like we all do um, is um, is wait for that moment to finally hear that they're here and practicing just like you heard earlier and, and, and thousands of other Bruins fans heard earlier that Chris Wagner was actually in Providence and practiced getting ready for the upcoming season on Friday night. That's uh, the home opener, the new Amica uh, mutual pavilion 
And um, that's why Wagner went through and the other two didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm not surprised by Wagner by any means. I think I know, I know Montgomery spoke highly of him and he had a quote basically saying as of right now, I think he would be on the roster, the 23 man roster. <clears throat> but if you look at numbers and, um, you know, you got to really crunch some numbers, especially this season to be cap compliant. Wagner was unfortunately the odd man out. And you saw rumors that <laughs> uh, supposedly the the Flyers, the Philadelphia Flyers, were hoping or were considering picking up Felino, which was definitely interesting to hear because the guy has, I mean, he could surprise people this year, but I don't think he has much left in the tank, especially for that cap space, for that uh, cap number, that cap hit. So that was definitely, I mean, I think all Bruins fans were hoping that that that, that was going to happen, but unfortunately didn't. Um, so that was a little bit of shocking news to see. I think it was possibly Monday. I know the news came out Sunday of them being on waivers last night at f- Monday night at five. They had to send in their 23 man roster and to be all cap compliant and all that. So also also keep in mind, Nick, that um, each one of those contracts only relieved one point one two five million off of their original cap hit. So each yeah okay so so when nick felino makes freaking 3.8 he's actually on his aav down in providence which is still capable will be at 2.6 okay so i knew knew it wasn't like the full number but i knew they do get an abatement on it yeah or Um, relief okay yeah that's what because i remember wagner last year when he got sent down it wasn't his full was a 1.25, whatever It was only a certain percentage. And so I knew it wasn't going to be the whole 3.18, but unfortunately that that's, what's so tough about the NHL cap. You know, it's, it's such a hard cap hit, excuse me. And it's not like the NFL or NBA, or whatever. And like the buyouts are totally different. Like I forget what podcast I was listening to, it might have been spit and tricklets, but they were talking about how if the if Dallas bought out Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan's contracts, that it would actually screw them over even more and they'd end up paying even more. It's it it is one of the more confusing uh subjects in all of sports, I guess, is understanding the cap hit and cap space and all like to understand one of the topics to understand. So thankfully yeah. we've got people like you. Uh, I know Dom does a great job over there. I was looking at oh, he's the his, best. He, Shout out Dom Tiano, man. Yeah, Hopefully he that guy gets better. I miss him on the podcast. bro. Yeah. How's he doing? He's he's getting better. Um, he just can't spend a lot of time at the computer. I mean, okay. every every time he writes an article, it's 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 in pieces because he can only sit up upright for a short period of time. But, yeah. you know, hey, he's still fighting. He's doing the, you know, the good thing. And you know, do what he has to do to get healthy. And that's the biggest thing that we're worried about. We're not, you know, we love Dom and, and his, and his work and, and, and his contributions to our podcast every week, but we also love having him around. So we want to make sure that we're not rushing him back or anytime soon or anything like that. But, you know, no, absolutely. Cause you guys aren't going anywhere at the podcast itself. And no, nah. um, I noticed that he's been a little bit more active on Twitter too. So that's encouraging as yep. well. Cause he did put out a tweet, 
uh, shortly before we recorded was saying uh, NHL Bruins just over nine million in LTIR space. Expect Felino and Riley official recall tomorrow, and I wouldn't bet against an Ant- Anton Strawman signing. And I'm, you know, he does a great job. I obviously he was a great pickup for you guys, and he, you know, teaches me a lot of stuff just by reading his stuff. Yep. Um, and he kind of simplifies it for fans like myself who can't understand fucking cap numbers to save their lives. You know, Nick, I'm the same way. I'm no expert at reading cap friendly or Puckpedia and all the stuff that they do. But when you when you when you have an opportunity to talk to Dom, he really brings it down to uh, layman terms. You know, just like hey, you know, give it to me as as you're talking to a buddy at a bar, not not some uh, you know. Uh, analytical geek and so on (laughs) (laughs) with with, with things that we don't understand. You know, I mean, Dom's a great person that really just, uh, you know, uh, loves talking hockey, but also, uh, you know, caters to um, to getting the, uh, the knowledge to people and, you know, works for people uh, uh, to, to uh, accept that. So. Yeah. And it's awesome. And um, I, I appreciate him for that. And I'm glad to know he's getting better and, not rushing back or anything, but he's slowly getting better. So that's that's encouraging. And he's a great guy. He's a great pickup for you guys. So um I'm I'm happy for Dom getting better and healthy, especially as the Bruin season ramps up. So but with this opening night roster, I'll kind of read it off real quick because I think you saw Fluto's tweet as well. So Fluto put right. out a projection tweet for tomorrow night's opening night lineup. It's gonna go from first, I'll give you just basically how I read it for the first uh Sorry, I don't want to get Kevin O'Keefe mad with calling the Bergeron the first line, but <laughs> Taylor Hall, Bergeron, and Jake DeBrusque. Then it's going to follow up with the check line. Uh, you should probably all know who the that is: Zaka, Krejci, and Pasta. Followed with Greer, Coyle, and Smitty, and then followed with Felino, Nosek, and Lauku on the fourth line. And the D parents look like Lindholm and Carlo, Riley and Clifton, Forbort and Zaboro. And the odd men out tomorrow are Freddie and Stan, uh, Trent Frederick and Stanika. Um, I'm excited for Greer. I know we've talked. I know he had a, a you know, he kind of had an up and down camp. I w- I wouldn't say down. I would just some nights he didn't really. That New Jersey game, I think he played in. I did he play in that new, one of the games he played in again? It might have been Saturday night or might have been that last Wednesday. I forget which one. Uh, but he didn't. No one necessarily impressed in showed that they really want to stick with the big club, but Greer did show in previous games. And obviously the one game I was at, he had a great game. Um, he did show that he deserved a, and obviously being a one way as well, that he deserved a shot with the big club. Uh, I think he's kind of similar to Trent Frederick's game, but a little bit more high energy and he's a little bit older. He says, he has some more games under him or not necessarily NHL games, but he's been in, you know, playing professional hockey for a little bit longer and he impressed and he, he, he's a tough bastard. He'll, he'll give you, you know, all this energy that you need. He'll drive the net as well. And obviously between the training camp that Trent Frederick had, if you're looking at it between Trent Frederick and uh, AJ Greer, I think AJ Greer was the clear cut pick there to, fill in for that third line left winger spot. And 
I think, you know, with the way Smitty plays, he he's a high energy guy, drives the net. He'll he'll shoot from anywhere. And the guy like Greer, who will drive the net, and the guy like Coyle, who will hold on to the puck for 10 days and open up till he opens up enough ice for you to get uh get open for a pass. I think that line's gonna be pretty exciting to uh to open up the night. I think that's one guy, Greer, who I have my eye on. Uh tomorrow night or Wednesday tonight, Wednesday night, whenever you're listening to this, he's definitely one because he, I think AJ Greer is well aware that any second his job is in jeopardy. They won't hesitate to send him down. Uh, They won't hesitate to put Trent Frederick in there because I think ownership, I think management, I think they would rather see Trent Frederick in that position just because they drafted him. They developed him and he, you know, he was great at times last year. So uh, I think AJ Greer is well aware of that he seems like a smart enough guy to know. And um, I, I imagine he might have possibly of that whole starting lineup, possibly one of the shortest leashes on that team besides maybe, maybe Clifton with, if the Strawman signing does go through, um, were you, were you shocked to see that he kind of got the, praise i i shouldn't say praise are you are you surprised to see him in there over trent frederick basically yeah absolutely and and this goes back to a lot of the the conversations we have on the black and hockey podcast about some of these uh deals these free agent deals that don sweeney and the bruins management seem to do you know bring in a guy like um you know uh, david backus which, which we all thought was one year at the first like four hours and then it turned into a five year and then it was a total disaster but it was just like these guys that come in, they're veterans, they're leaders, and so on. They come in to try to prove something, prove that they want to stay in the NHL with one particular team. But also what they're doing is the Bruins are creating insurance policies, okay? So this guy, uh, A.J. Greer, obviously has a little bit of experience and so on in the, in the, in the, uh, in the American Hockey League that the Boston Bruins really liked and so on. And, um, you know, something i'm a trent frederick guy I, I still think that he has a lot to offer but i still haven't seen it yet but this is the perfect player that the boston bruins brought in to push a guy like trent frederick you know this yeah. is this, basically the same guy basically the same skill set i i know trent's got a way more way more uh attributes uh particularly on the uh, uh scoring offensive attributes uh to be so much more better than what we've seen but AJ Greer is uh, just that particular that that perfect player that can really uh, push uh, Bruins management to make uh, huge decisions and and the way Trent's been playing this offseason, it hasn't been great. I saw one game out of the out of the I don't know how many he played that he actually played really well, and that was with Stednika and McLaughlin as his uh, as his um, trio members. Yeah, but. Yeah. From what I'm seeing from right now, I'm seeing a lot more of AJ Greer, and 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 this is this is why the Boston Bruins always say, "Hey, if you're the better player, you're going to play." This is this is a small sample size of what they're saying, because it's it's total bullshit. So many other years when they say it, you know, like like I'm sorry, but you know, up until freaking Felino got waived, I thought that Mark McLaughlin deserved a hell of a lot bigger shot on this Boston Bruins opening day lineup than Nick Foligno. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. So don't. I mean, one thing that really frustrates me is the Boston Bruins organization is always saying this: if you're going to be the best player in camp, you're going to get the you're going to get the minutes. But you always, always double down, and it's so Bruins of you to go back to your freaking veterans that are that are making a decent salary because you don't want to lose it that way. But you also yeah. don't want to give a younger player a chance. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, and that that's what's frustrating. It's like the better player will always play, but. You haven't seen that yet because if if that was truly the case, and I think you even going back to last season, you would have saw Felino out of the lineup way earlier. But I think, and that's what was kind of shocking to see him waived on Sunday because I know uh, Bergeron did make that call to him in free agency last off season. It's like, hey, come play here and all this, and I think a lot of people had high hopes for him, mostly because of that contract, but. Yeah, it certainly is frustrating because um, he hasn't shown that he deserves or should be uh, playing with the big club. Uh, I get it. He's a veteran and they have a lot of money tied to him, but it, I I don't know. It, it, and <laughs> I, I, I think everyone's well aware that I'm not Clifton's biggest fan. If the big, <laughs> And I know this guy's unsigned right now, but if the better player should be playing, then I'm putting Strawman in over uh, Clifton opening night lineup. I know Strawman's not signed yet. Hopefully he does, but Clifton is such a wild card um, playing back there on the uh, playing back there, uh, playing defense. Sorry. And so I don't know. It, well, it, it is mind blowing when, ownership does say stuff like that well nick think about this bud um clifton's probably in there to get the best look like hey listen if you don't show it we're gonna we're gonna sign this guy and now you're gonna be the guy that's gonna be the third uh the uh seventh or eighth defenseman my thought is clifton's on a very short leash and if he doesn't produce tomorrow, then I can uh, honestly say that Strawman might be signed uh, sooner rather than later. And that could be a good game for Strawman to come back and like maybe officially make that signing, kind of ease him into it too. Against because he played with Arizona last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. got a <laughs> you know. got a lot of minutes on that team. You know, block shots and so on. I totally get the the sexiness of of what he did as an aging veteran and so on. But like I, like I said about, um, you know, uh, Greer and the um, Frederick thing, that I think that Clifton is, it, I mean, uh, Anton Strahlman is pushing Clifton's freaking uh, job right now. So, you know, Clifton's, it, it, if he plays really good and he's, and he's still in the lineup tomorrow night, I mean, these are the projected lines and so on, but, if he's in and he does good, then who knows what's going to happen. But if he's if he puts up a stinker, that uh, Strawman contract could come really quick. Yeah, and it's definitely not only that for his to stay in the lineup is important for him. Obviously, he wants to stay in the lineup and be an everyday player, but it's also a contract year for Clifton. And I don't – I mean, I won't even think about him being a Bruin – considering him being a Bruin after this season as no. I would begin way ahead of ourselves. And yeah, but to be, it, to be honest with you for him, to be honest with you, Nick, I don't think that, I think that uh, Cliffy hockey's done a good thing for this organization. Ben, just a really good solid depth guy, a guy that can come in and so on, but it just, he, he just 
doesn't have it consistently. So I think that, you know, with uh, prospects that are coming up through the ranks, particularly what, what happens to Mason Lowry after the next season when he's done with, with uh, Ohio State. Um, and, uh, and he got, I heard he got 30 minutes over the weekend per Mark Diver on, uh, on Twitter. 30, 30 minutes of ice from time. behind win. That is and, and he had knee surgery. He was out of development camp when I'm the week that I was there and so on. And, and, you know, to come back and play that, that much of a role, dude. Oh my God. I mean, when you see the landscape of a guy like Mason Lowry and Michael Callahan and so on, you can also look at the landscape of the cap space as well and say, Connor Clifton doesn't physically have a spot in the lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, I thank you for your service, man. But I think NHL consistency might come for him from another club that has a little bit of space and, and can bring on a guy like him and so on, but just not on this Boston Bruins team, the way the depth is, is just kind of working and, and massaging towards being more younger and so on. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys, kind of like fourth line players who, you know, thank you for your service, but your time's up. You can leave now and, you know, maybe get your bag with someone else and, you know, good for him. If that's the case, I nothing wrong with it. No, nothing wrong with it at all. And I just um, the inconsistency, the just how much of a wild card he is. Uh, I just think, especially especially if you're going to go into the season or next off season at the end of the year, if you're going to go into that and Pasta still unsigned, and you're trying to convince him that this isn't going to be a rebuild, this is we are going to be contenders for him to stay. Then you can't afford to keep re-signing guys like Clifton and Nosek. You, you know, like Sweeney has had enough bad signings. Not saying that Clifton was his worst one. Obviously, there's several others that were terrible but you know that's it's got to start somewhere and i think you get you know a guy like him it's you you unfortunately or fortunately in my case you kick rocks with him and you know you show pasta that you know we're we're gonna we're not rebuilding we're we're gonna be contenders we're gonna you know spend to the cap every year and we want you to be the main guy here and all that because not getting ahead of ourselves, but real quick, if I mean, Posternock hasn't, you know, they're they're comfortable with there were reports saying they're comfortable going into this upcoming season, still talking contract talks. Uh, I think, um, I'm trying to think, I'm blanking on his name right now, not Connor Ryan, Ty Anderson. Ty Anderson came out with an article, I haven't got to read it yet but i saw basically the headline saying like bruins are going to be aggressive with re-signing pasta and i think that's obviously important and who knows how much the cap will go up next year i think people are projecting that like uh, just another million right yeah it's going to be one million one million this year one million next year and um uh even alan walsh uh projected that it could go up to eight or nine point five million in the third year yeah. Um, because the, the COVID um, paybacks are getting paid back at an aggressive rate a lot faster than they thought. And actually, Alan Walsh is a, just an amazing Twitter follow and just a, an amazing mind. I listened to his podcast with uh, Adam Wilde uh, on Agent Provocateur. That's the I mean, uh, oh. 
I didn't even know he had a podcast because he's he definitely is a fun Twitter follow. Because- oh, yeah, dude. Listen, like, if, if subscribe to the podcast. It's Agent Provocateur. All right. OK. And he does it with Adam Wilde, who uh, does um, the Steve Dangle podcast. And, okay. and he does a fantastic job talking about like what an agent does and so on. And and even Alan Wells said that the if the league and the players agreed that this year would be one million dollar increase, but next the next two years would be a 3.5, 3.5, and over 10 if they agreed on certain aspects of uh of things that uh currently I guess not in the CBA, which it might be a little bit of a cock block, but and I could be wrong about this whole thing too, because I'm kind of like like just paraphrasing uh, certain aspects of the article that I read or the podcast that I listened to. But if they agreed, yeah, it could have been 3.5 and not one, one. I mean, it could have been a lot more uh, excessive because the money's coming back that much quicker. But that's definitely awesome to hear because if you, if you do, I mean, just a quick glance at it, if you do look at, you know, yeah, I, if you look at it right now, yeah, we do have a bunch of cap space opening it up. Um, at the end of this offseason, at the end of the season, going into next offseason. But you got to remember, I mean, two guys alone are going to take up a good chunk of that between Pasternak and Swayman. Yeah, I, I, I don't see them letting, unless, you know, Sway, I could see Swayman possibly taking a bridge deal. But think um, of it this way. Think of it this way, Nick. I'm just like, just throwing context out there. What if freaking Fabian Lysel played over 10 games this year, right? Or nine games, sorry. And then he, loses one year of his three-year entry-level contract and now he now his negotiations for his real nhl contract coming that much quicker and the way that this league is paying their younger talent like oh. like tim tim stutzler um the guy in buffalo you know whole yeah. tage thompson, tage thompson. Like, like, holy shit and like yeah. fabian lysel could have like two three good entry-level deals and all of a sudden, with the way the market's being set right now, he can easily come out and say, I want eight, nine million right yeah. out of his ELC. No, like you saw a guy like Jack Hughes get that and uh, Tage Thompson, like you noted, like so many guys are just getting the bag like right after that ELC, which uh, he never used to see. Never. Yeah. And, but like, um, I, but like I said, Nick. scary. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But like I said, just imagine if he burns a year from playing over nine games this season, and now that problem is now one year ahead in your cap yeah. space. I mean, even yeah. even if we're getting five bumps or or a ten million bump, it's we're we're still going to be up against it no matter what because we're we're going to want to maximize the best value of players that we can get. Regardless of the Sweeney hate out there and so on, it's a business and every business is different. Numbers are different and so on, but you want to maximize the best value you can get. And if you are paying market prices like that, that cap space is not going to be around that number. It's not going to be so sexy anymore when guys are coming out of the entry level contracts asking for 9.5. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you would have a guy who's still technically developing, making 8 million a year. I mean, I think one of the first guys to start that kind of trend was a guy like Clayton Keller, if I remember, who wasn't really Jesus. producing. Yeah, I go back uh, to I go back to Alexander Daig. 
Remember him? The Ottawa Senators first round pick? Alexander Day? Yeah, Daig. D-A-I-G-L-E. Oh, it sounds oh, like yeah, Daigle, yeah. but it's yeah, not. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I what was his deal? He was a first round pick. Yeah. Got paid a freaking ton and then was nothing. Okay, because I mean absolutely not. I mean, he's like the nail Yakupov of, of today's oh, freaking, okay. of today's okay. talk. So, I mean, at least Clayton Keller's like kind of hanging around, but yeah. I, I think I remember he got like 7.25 or 7.5 uh, yeah. right after his ELC, where it's like his ELC, he didn't even like it, he didn't even really produce. And so, I mean, I don't know. It, it's just it's it's still uh, for people like us who are so used to not seeing that still taking some adjusting, getting, you know, oh, yeah. getting used to seeing contracts get you know, money get thrown left and right, especially with the hard cap that the NHL has. So it's definitely, it's definitely surprising, but there, there is one question I did want to ask you. Um, and I, I think it's, I like to do this before the season starts Well, in the Bruins do something fun like this, the seventh man award. Um, I, I think it's a fun thing to talk about before the season starts who, you know, seventh man awards, basically a guy who exceeds expectations and goes above and beyond and has a great year, basically. And I think Swayman won it last year, right? If I remember correctly. And to no surprise, because it is a fan vote and everyone loves Swayman. Um, you know, it's, he's, he's an easy guy to like. So I understand that, but who, who who do you who would who do you expect to be your seventh man uh, award winner? I guess you could say, yeah. Who who do you expect? Because I have a guy in mind, but I'll go after you. I'm gonna honestly say, and and it's not because of what goes on at the end of games. I'm not a fan of it. I'm a I'm a goaltender from a long time ago, and I'm used to getting in line after a win and the old headbutt that in the helmet, and that's it. Headbutt and a tap on the ass is good enough for me. Um, but his counterpart, his tandem, I think is going to be Linus Allmark. I I really think that Linus is going to have that much more of a of, of a better season than he did last year. Um, and uh, just just the camaraderie the, the those two guys have, um, and they're always pushing each other. It is a competition, no matter what. You are a one A and a one B. Uh, I. And but I think that they like that. It's not like in the old days when you were the the guy that was like getting 60, 65 games, 70 games and and the backup. And, you know, there was really no love that in in that relationship, to be honest with you, as a tandem back in the 80s, Mm -hmm. 90s and so on. But it's a different time this year. I mean, it's a different time these days. I think that a lot of organizations in the NHL would really rather have two goaltenders like this and run with it. A guy that's making $5 million and a guy that's on an ELC, you're under $6 million and you can, you can, you know, the days of having, uh, um, Jesus, those two freaking Dallas stars goaltenders, they were making 5 million a piece and their cap situation was freaking terrible. And so was the goaltending by the way, but still, but still you just don't want to have that type of number in your cap situation moving forward. You really want to put, those numbers and get that much more involved in and figuring out your defense and your offense and so on and not concern yourself with your goaltending and having like two of the best in the freaking league 
you know, it, the one A and one B is is certainly working and it's starting to become a trend. Yeah, and you definitely, I, I, I think it's safe to say the Bruins kind of started that trend with um, Halak and and Rask. Well, Rask and Halak, if you whichever way, because Rask it sounds like went to management and basically was like, "Hey, I'm comfortable playing." 40 to 50 games. I don't want to, you know, you see guys like Vasilevsky who play friggin' 70 games and, but yeah, it's definitely the trend. And I think the Bruins definitely started that trend and it's been working ever since. And teams are kind of following that. And I love the duo last game. You saw towards the end of last season that uh, Allmark really started to get comfortable and he finally started to, you know, grab hold of the net and say, this is my net. Swayman, I love you, buddy, but you got to come get it from me. And it's funny you said that because Allmark is my seventh player award winner that I projected. I think, yes. I think he's going to have a great year. I really do. I think fixed. Sex, fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think this going into his second season. He's starting to feel a little bit more at home and comfortable. And that duo is just seems to work great with each other. They're, you know, great buddies. And I just think it's. I, I think he's going to have a great year. If I were to pick, if I, if I were to pick someone else, um, I guess you could really either say for me, Zaka or Greer, I think Greer, if he finds that consistency and stays at the, with the big boys all year um, and kind of shows, show shows us what he hinted at in the preseason, that he's a guy who could um, really impress us and not only that but make fans fall in love because he's a guy i mean you saw his interview after that ot winner and um in the preseason the guy was electric and i think fans are going to really attract a guy like him when a guy like swayman he's a he's a goofy kid uh good heart and good teammate battles and stuff like that and uh, bruins fans you know love guys like that and i think a guy like Greer, who's you know fiery emotional um it seems like he's going to give 100 percent every shift i think a guy like that i i wouldn't put it past him winning the seventh player award if i want to pick someone possibly different than you but a, a guy like zaka i mean at this point i'm just picking like every fucking player on the bruins but no hey nick i'm totally on board with you like zaka like uh my 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 next up guy if you were picking the seventh player award and so on, because I'm honestly in belief that he's going to have a big year. It's a contract year for Pavel Zaka this year. He got a, a 3.5 one year deal. Um, you know, he's going to want to impress. And, and I think that, I think that he's going to be in a better situation with the Boston Bruins than he would be with the New Jersey devils. And I yeah. think that, I think that a coach like uh, Jim Montgomery is going to put him in those situations where he can excel, where, when he was streaking non-point wise in New Jersey, he wasn't put in the best positions. You know, it's kind of weird when I'm talking about, and a lot of people don't understand it, but I get it. So fuck off. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but I, I really think that we're going to see the best out of Pavel Zaka uh, point wise. You look at his stats and so on on hockey DB and blah, blah, blah. You can see that every year he's getting better point wise it might not be the goals but it might be the helpers whatever it it's all good because it produces freaking points and, and and secondary scoring and whatever we're talking about as a boston bruins family but i really think that he's gonna have a bigger year because he's being put into a better position yeah 100 i mean 
right off the bat. I mean, coming over to this team originally, he was projected, I think, to start the season with Bergeron, but uh, Hall got hurt, and you saw the Zaka, Krejci, and Pasta line just connect. Everyone scored that night. They just had a hell of a night that line, and um, it's it's going to be exciting. I, he's He's got a great centerman there. It doesn't look like Krejci lost a step by any means, and that whole line's going to impress Postnock. I mean, Postnock's going to produce. Got a guy like Krejci who basically knows it's probably one last ride with this team. So he's going to give it his all in Zaka going into a contract year, like you said. Oh, he's the guy that's going to want to produce and show his worth. And it's, you know, um, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited for him. Uh, the only thing that scares me about contract years are how much they're going to cost at the end of it if they really do produce. So it's going to, if he has a great year, like we're hoping and thinking that he's going to have, it's going to be hard to um, retain a guy like him, especially with who you have to resign already before that. Cause you do have to prioritize a guy like Prostnock, who's already shown in this league that he can score at high levels and produce. And a guy like um, a guy like Swayman, who is, looks like he's perfectly capable of being a number one goaltender in this league. But um, because past past a guy like Swayman, I mean, who would really be that next man up that you're kind of developing? Uh, you know, there's no one really there. And, you know, it's certainly not going to be Keith Kincaid. You traded it. His prime. You traded it for the third round of the Calgary Flames. Who? Who actually had a terrible second half of the season, which exactly. sucks. Dan Vladar. I had I had a I had real high hopes for Dan, especially after um, Keith uh, Keith and Cade, yeah. Um <laughs> Baba Senza and uh, Mike Dunham got to work with him when he had that high ankle sprain, yeah. and Lavelle uh, when he was here for that year before he got moved, um, and he went on to like have a really good AHL uh, campaign after that, leading uh, in goals against average and save percentage. So, um, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kyle Kaiser, but I just haven't seen any consistency out of him. And um, when you think about prospects, you really don't want to like think about a guy like Keith Kincaid. Uh, he's going to, he's going to be a, a solid professional down in Providence and so on and be that, that type of uh, break glass in case of emergency. If anything happens to all Mark or Swayman, he'll be that next guy up and so on, but uh, nothing you can base your freaking uh, future plans on. Um but um, you know, you look at the depth of Bruins goaltending depth. It's it's really not looking great, uh, to to be honest with you. I think Brandon Bussey is a is a good goaltender, but he got sent down to uh, ECHL Maine. Um, he won't uh, be any in any three headed freaking monster down in Providence with uh with Kincaid and, and Kaiser and uh, Reed Dick out in um, uh, uh, Swift Current and the OHL. He's yet to win his first game, and I've been watching his games and so on. The, the Swift Current it just has a really young team, and they're just not getting it all together and not not much support out in front of him. But then again, there's a couple times that he's really not shown much of anything. But, you know, it's still early in the season for him and so on. But, you mm -hmm. know, the goaltending depth has to get uh, a little better, I think, uh, replenish a little bit. But the tutelage that's coming from Bob Asenzer and Mike Dunham will always be there no matter, you know, what the talent level is and so on. So I think that they'll, uh, 
you know, they get the best out of anybody that's, uh, you know, getting called up and given a chance. Yeah, definitely. And if, if you're not able to resign Swayman, or if you choose not to, then it's foolery because you go to the open market, it's going to cost more. And I don't even know who's a free agent next year, but it's probably not going to be as good. Well, Nick, if you, if you look at the bar, when it comes to goaltending, I mean, and and Jeremy Swayman, he's going to be he's currently going to be in his last year of his entry level contract. So now the bar right now, when you're talking about money, is Spencer Knight down in Florida. And that guy, that guy got signed for I don't know how many years and for how much. I think that that's the starting point for when when the Boston Bruins and and Swayman's friggin uh, representatives sit down. Yeah, when I saw that signing right away, I was like, Swayman's. Swayman is going to get more. I imagine Swayman's going to get more. I think the ceiling for the ceiling for Spencer Knight's pretty high, but you got to remember they're paying ten million a year already for Bobrowski. But the ceiling is high um, for a guy like Swayman too, and I imagine he's going to start off with, you know, when they start talking contracts, uh, probably at least at least five million. I know. I know Spencer Knight got under five, just a little bit above four. So it's going to be the only good thing in the Bruins' favor is that he will be a RFA. Um, so we do have his rights still. Uh, and, you know, if if they have to choose to go to a bridge deal, so be it. But, you know, unfortunately for Swayman, fortunately for Bruins management, you know, he's an RFA, so they do ha- can hold his rights. You just have to hope that someone doesn't send a, um, what, what is it, counter offer. And, you know, you don't really see those too often just because of the price they come at. I mean, it's talking say, about offer sheets, offer sheets. Yeah, sorry. That's what I was talking <laughs> about. <laughs> offer sheets. You don't see offer sheets too often. I mean, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, say someone comes out and offers him six million. What's the offer? She it's got to be at least a first round pick, right? Oh, it might be a couple. Yeah, it might I be know. a couple. I, I yeah. know when you get above like seven or eight, it might be eight. It's like three first rounders or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, Swayman's contract, it's definitely gonna be a tough one, especially with that Spencer Knight extension, like you had mentioned and we talked about briefly. A guy I do want to talk about, um, and you you were talking about Providence and their goaltender situation. A guy like Wagner got sent down, and I'd imagine we're probably going to see him there majority of the season if there, unless there are some injuries, and hopefully for Bruins' sake that it doesn't get to that. And you know, I'm sure Wagner would love to get back up here, but it just doesn't necessarily makes sense especially if you want to let the young guys play and with his contract situation it being one year one way and all that um guy like wagner got sent down what is the providence bruins situation looking like i know you uh you had you released your first episode last night of providence hockey report and a guy like wagner obviously and People were expecting to see guys like Felino and Riley playing down there. What what's your ex- expectations for uh, p- the Providence Bruins? And do you see anyone flourishing there that could potentially 
get called up to the big club at some points this season, I guess really outside of McLaughlin as we already touched on him. Yeah, there's a couple of players that I'm really excited about seeing. And if if Boston Bruins fans that listen to the uh, Only Bruins podcast right now are not like in tapped on on some of these players that are going to be on this roster uh, this upcoming season, this is a great time to start watching them. I mean, uh, Georgie Mikulov is a, is one of, one of the a great prospects. One year out of the uh, out of Ohio State in the NCAA, signed him to an ELC. Uh, Johnny Beecher. Uh, Mark McLaughlin, and so on. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, Strawman has officially signed the one-year, one-million deal with the Bruins. All right. Uh, breaking news on this fucking mofo. news, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. But that's – I'm glad I'm glad that finally happened. But um, I, I think everyone saw that happening anyways. So that is good for the Bruins. I think that's the right move to make. Uh, and you know now it lights a fire under Clifton's ass. Absolutely, so, absolutely um, it does. But sorry, so what? Uh, as you were saying, yeah. So uh, the Ross is going to be really good. Ryan Wozniak's uh, going into his second year uh, behind the uh, bees bench, and um, this is actually his second year as a, a American Hockey League head coach. By the so. way, great interview with him. He's a he's a fun guy, huh? No, uh, no, Ryan's absolutely amazing he really is absolutely just he's not like one of those typical coaches that i've talked to in the past that's like so dry and just wants to get everything over he'll take the time to explain something to you and talk about it and so on and i really appreciate that about him and uh solid solid uh a coach to um to be with the Providence Bruins. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm not saying that he might be the next one up, but as things go, there's always a process when it comes to these coaches and so on. But I really think that the way he is and the way he communicates with players is, is what has gotten him the biggest rise out of his uh, coaching career after uh, retiring in the 03 04 season. And two years out, he went right into coaching, went right in the uh, ECHL in Fresno, uh, spent some time in Las Vegas, and then obviously, obviously came up through the ranks and uh, became the Providence Bruins uh, assistant uh, coach for, I think, three or four years, and then uh, moved right into the uh, uh, head coach boss, uh, head coaching job this this year. Sorry, last year. Man, I'm fumbling. <laughs> It's all right. It's Tuesday. It's yeah, I know Tuesday blues, but no, it was fun because I actually listened to that one on YouTube. I watched it on YouTube and the dude was all smiles the whole time. So and I, you know, usually sometimes when people get interviewed, they're a little shy and um, or they won't get show like true emotion. But he, you know, he was all happy smiles and, you know, he, you know, gave you guys some life and energy. Like, you know, he wasn't just a wet noodle talking to you guys. He did a great job and you guys did a great job. So that was good because a guy like myself, as I quote tweeted um, you earlier today, I'm not a guy who's very in tune with some of the uh, prospects and Providence itself. Um, I wish I could be a little bit more and I'm hoping that your podcast, I'm sure will, will encourage me to be a little bit more and help me stay up to date with guys down there because the season starts Friday night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Friday night for Providence Bruins down in, uh, it's at home, right? Down in it's Providence. At, it's at home. Yes. And uh, I'll be there as a credential media member along with, uh, Jim Swindells. 
and uh, we'll be uh, getting some content done. And uh, yeah, it's going to be at the new Amica Mutual Pavilion. There's no more Dunkin' Donuts Center. And uh, I think it's going to be a really good year. And if you, if folks uh, want to watch this team, get get the AHL TV package. I'm telling you, it's an affordable package and so on. And, you know, you can question the quality of of uh, of uh, the video and so on. But still, you get a gist of how these prospects are playing. And it's going to be an exciting year. Yeah, no, it, it definitely will be, especially um, – <clears throat> you kind of saw like with the battles, this training camp, the depth that the Bruins are starting to grow with. Uh, They don't have any high end prospects per se. I mean, I guess you can say Lysel is one of their top guys. The Um, highest, the highest. Yeah. And Lori. Lori. Yeah. And unfortunately he's not there yet. Hopefully we see him next season selfishly we'll love to see him next season because like you noted earlier in this episode he freaking logged 30 minutes of ice time and to come from behind win and i think they're ranked 11th now in the country yep. yep so that's awesome coming off the knee surgery and um that that's awesome to hear because i remember at the beginning of last season he was just lighting it up and he was a freshman so those two guys are definitely guys you want to keep an eye on. Lysel, if you get the AHL TV package, you'll see plenty of him. And uh, the other guy, Mert, starts with an M. I don't know. I'm not going to even. I know you just G- said it. Georgi Merkulov. Yeah. He, Merk. He, he Merk. Didn't have you a great love. Merk. You love. I always want to say Merkulov. Merk. You love. Um. He's a guy who kind of has some high praise, some offensive upside. I know you talked about him, um, and you kind of saw a little bit last year. He didn't necessarily have a great camp, but I don't think he ever really had a chance at making this roster. But he'll get his reps down with the Providence Bruins. I um, He's playing, what, top six, I think? I think so. I think that he could be on the left side of, of a Johnny Beecher and a Mark McLaughlin top line. Or, or uh, even a, it, uh, him working with uh, Samuel Asleen or something like that. Yeah. But regardless, uh, he's going to get some uh, some good reps down there and, you know, um, keep working. I mean, the kid's are just a workhorse. He's, he just needs to work on his um, his time away from the puck, you know, yeah. that, that you know, uh, that's – I can't even talk right now. <laughs> But um, no, he's just going to work on getting back to, you know, if he, if he if he messes up, just get back into the play, try to uh, park retrievals and so on. I think he's going to be better at. But his two-way game definitely ha- needs to be uh, much more noticeable if he's going to get any shot at the NHL level. Yeah, I remember that was the big thing, his two-way game. But um, yeah, this might be a good year for me to finally bite the bullet and get that AHL package because I definitely – want to follow closely Johnny Beecher because I I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I love his game just because he's a guy who finally adds size and speed that you haven't necessarily seen in a little bit, because if you look at other teams and it's unfortunately true, but I mean, the Bruins can be painfully slow compared to some of these other teams. I mean, watching the Stanley cup finals last year, I mean, you saw Colorado just buzzing out there and it's just like, how, in hell, even if the Bruins somehow did make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, could they keep up with a team like that with their speed? Um, 
And speed is obviously, it's not like how it used to be. Speed is a huge component of the game now. Uh, guy, teams are adjusting and they're, they don't necessarily care about size now. They care about the speed. But fortunately for us, Beecher has both. And I hope he gets, obviously he'll get his reps down there in Providence. Um, but I'm hoping, you know, he truly develops into um, a strong centerman or possibly left winger who can maybe help out that, Middle six, I don't know if he'll necessarily be, you know, first line forward going forward, but um, I forget. I think it might have been the short shift boys I, I was listening to, but they were talking about one thing with him is just him developing a little bit more with his stick handling in his hands and whatnot. And you could see that it did get better, but, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit different when you see it at the pro level versus the college level when he was already playing on a friggin' loaded Michigan team over there. So that's one guy I'm definitely going to keep my eye on over there. Obviously Lysol is probably the given for any Bruins fan, but that's one guy I'll definitely be following closely. Um, and I'll definitely be tuning into your new uh, podcast so I can stay up to date if I don't catch all games, because it is a little tough for them mostly playing weekends and whatnot as Bruins typically play, you know, NHL games typically happen Saturday nights and whatnot, but um, it'll definitely be a good listen. Uh, knowledgeable listen is for sure, because I'm sure most Bruins fans, they don't necessarily follow the prospects as closely as maybe someone like you or others do. So that's definitely going to be fun. Excuse me. And a good listen because, you know, we're, this very likely could be our last year with Bergeron and Krejci. Uh, and then, you know, who knows who knows after that. So it's it's a huge development year for some players to really well, grab the bull by the horns. Then it's the rebuild after that. You know, once Krejci and Bergeron are gone, you need to be in full rebuild after that. And I think a, a player like John Beecher is going to be the type of um, noticeable prospect that is going to get time. I mean, Jim Montgomery spoke a, very highly of him about his game. And I honestly think that, if he was a little better in the faceoff dot, I think he would have been more involved than Thomas Nosek. I think Nosek glides a little too much. Mm-hmm. I think I think when when uh, Beachy was playing fourth line minutes, he wasn't getting the faceoff draws or winning them, but he was also more noticeable in positioning, getting to the net, and so on, and and skating, and not always gliding. I don't know. It, it, that's what really frustrated me about Nolshik this year was he just like, it's training camp. You need to prove yourself. And you weren't even really trying that much, but you were really good in this. You were 60% in the freaking face-off dot. Yeah. That's what that's what got you your roster spot. And that pisses yeah. me off. You know, uh, I mean, it just goes back to what we talked about earlier. When, when this Boston Bruins management or any of the coaching staff say that if you're the better player, we're going to play you. Well, mm-hmm. it's completely false because I swear to God, in my in my opinion, and this is just my freaking drunk eyes, um, um, John Beach have played much better in this preseason than Thomas Nosek. One hundred percent, and like you said, I think the only thing that saved Nosek's ass was his faceoffs. Um, and you do need that. I mean, you don't have any really left-handed shots that can take face-offs. I mean, your top three centermen, Bursey, Krejci, and Coyle are all right-handed shots, and um, it will obviously, you know, it will help for P- 
PK and certain face-offs where like you do need that left-handed shot to take that face-off and pull it back to uh, your defenseman. And um, But at the end of the day, is that is that really worth a roster spot for him? Uh, apparently to the Bruins it is. I thought I, I talked about it last week with Mike. Uh, I thought there's a real chance that Beecher could have possibly made. I, I know Beecher does need more development and more time, but I thought there was a chance that Beecher possibly could have taken um, no six spot. Yeah, and and watch out for freaking Johnny Beecher next season. If he doesn't come up this year and play any games in the NHL, and he spends a whole year in the in the A and learns so much about the systems and so on, and really builds on his offensive game. Not only that, but his structure of his his size in that particular aspect of the game. I think that next year, when when Thomas Nosek has not resigned, and there's a couple more departures, that this guy could actually play a bigger role in the NHL next year. Yeah, no, 100%. And um, I think it would be only beneficial for him to stay the whole year with Providence um, at the, at this point, basically. If you're going to choose yeah. Nosek, then so be it. Um, just ride out Nosek's last year, I guess. I thought Nosek was one of the obvious guys who could have been and should have been potentially be waived with his contract and whatnot. And it is what it is, but I think a guy like beach will benefit from a whole year in Providence, add more size or add more strength, uh, work on his game, um, tune it a little bit. And, you know, and like the other forwards as well, but you know, I'll, I'll leave that to, I'll leave that to you <laughs> on your, um, I'll leave that to you on your podcast uh, to talk about those guys and their development throughout the season. As I don't know much about those guys, I just know really the names you do hear that, you know, no, uh, not no sick Jesus, Beecher, Lysol, and guys like that. Yeah. Merck, Merck, you love. There you go. That's I got to say, I got to say it's slow to get around. Right. Hey, listen, that's what <laughs> I do all the time. I'm a slow yeah. guy. No, it's, it, like I said, it's going to be a really good, um, uh, roster in the Providence Bruins and definitely pay attention to uh, the Providence Hockey Report. Follow the Providence Hockey Report at AHL Bruins Report on Twitter and um, and check us out on all uh, streaming platforms such as uh, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio and Spotify. And also we're going to be doing uh, video versions on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel. So we're going, to, we're going to grow the channel that way by adding a few more programs there, and particularly the Providence Hockey Report. So you get to see my stuttering mug all the time talking about the the Providence Bruins and and transactions and basically the show is just going to inform Boston Bruins fans about what's going on down in the uh, in the A with these guys, whether they're a uh, on an AHL only deal or they're a veteran or a prospect. Uh, I just want to make sure that everybody gets to know who's coming up and, and, and a little bit of information about what they can do and what they can provide in, in the best of my ability. I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm a, an expert at prospects and all this stuff, but I, I like to do my research and I like learning, but I also, the biggest part of learning is is sharing with so many folks like you, Nick, and and everybody else on our BNG team that just uh, absorb this Boston Bruins nation freaking stuff like a, it's injected in our veins, man. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I love that because I mean, 
you recording with me Tuesday night. It's, <laughs> I mean, we're two days into the new work week. This is your, this is essentially going to be your third podcast with the two yourself that you already put out and now mine. So you're just grinding away. The season hasn't even started. So Whatever. I hope, so, I hope, what, listen, I hope when you fellas what, over at in uh, with the Bruins, uh, you know, grind as hard as you do so we can get that, uh, have a nice little run. Absolutely. When you know good people like yourself so many times, it's so easy to get together and make plans to talk about the Boston Bruins, something that we're very passionate about. Yeah. And we didn't even really shoot the shit before. We kind of just logged on to Zoom and just I was like, hey, you, you want you want a co-host? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's not. It's fun. And it's going to um, it's going to make for a fun season for sure with um all the extra work you're putting in, what B and G guys are doing and whatnot. So the writers, the podcasts, I mean, pumping out content left and right. And that's what you love to see. Um, so it's going to be fun. And before we, uh, before we send it off, how about a quick little projection for tonight's win, uh, t- tonight's win, Jesus, tonight's yeah. game against the Capitals. Uh, Granted, we don't know the starter yet for the Bruins, but Washington do have three big names out. Haglin, oh, I got fucking hair in my mouth. There we go. Haglin, Tom Wilson, and Backstrom will not be in the lineup. Bruins are hurt themselves as well. What do, what do, what do you expect the Bruins to walk away with tomorrow night? A dub, a loss? What's the score? Tell me. I'm totally involved in the W tomorrow night on the road for the first game of the 2022-23 season. And it's going to be a 4-2-3 regulation win. Ooh, and and Linnaeus Allmark will get the start, and he'll stop 34 of 32. Jesus. Even the, even the saves, I love it. Book it, baby. Book it. <laughs> I like that. I am... I'll go with a little bit lower score and I'll say three, one Bruins. I love the Bruins right now. They're at plus one thirty for uh, tonight's game. Uh, slight, you know, slight underdogs. And uh, I like that because I think if you look at the roster, we're better suited to win because I'm not a real believer in Washington's goaltending situation. Uh, the starter is, um, uh, he won a Stanley Cup last year. Yeah, freaking Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper. Yeah, I'm not a true believer in Darcy Kemper. You saw him at times last year, kind of shit the bed. I think the Bruins new coach insists new coach Krejci's back. I think there's going to be a lot of energy uh, with the Bruins. I think they're going to be excited, especially guys like Bergey, Krejci, Pasta, Zaka, JD, like guys like that, because. Krejci's back and then a full season of Lindholm. Never mind that. I mean, and Zaboro. Zaboro's going to be friggin' thrilled because he's coming back from ACL surgery. I just think the Bruins are going to come out hot and heavy. 3 1 win. If I'm going to, I'll say Allmark starts as well. And I will say he makes 27 saves out of 28 shots. All right, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going real quick, right? Okay. Who, who are your three goal scorers? My three goal scorers, I am going to go, ooh, three goal scorers. I will go Coyle, Zaka, and Mike Riley. Not not in particular order, but I'm, I'm going to say defenseman scores. I'm going to say it's Mike Riley who scores. 
All right, so you said three to one was the score. I'm going to say four to three is going to be the score in regulation. I have Zaka. I have Lindholm. I have uh, Pasternak. And I have Bergeron. Bergeron. I like that. I like that. And it sounds like Hall's going to play tomorrow night, too. So Hall is, wouldn't be a bad choice as well if we picked one of them, but we didn't. I think we get a defenseman goal score. You picked Lindholm. I picked Riley. So watch it be Clifton of all people. Shall I know. But hey, if we nail this, everybody's going to buy us drinks. Exactly. We'll buy us drinks. Um, we'll be shit faced for like 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> Probably if people really want to trust us, you know, send send your bets in, <laughs> make some money and send it our way because you're welcome. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> But that would be fucking I would I would instantly go back to this episode, clip that whoever's <laughs> right and just okay, who's who's the Bruins first goal score before we end it? Um oh, I'm going with um oh who did I call? I'm gonna go with Zaka. Zaka. Zaka's gonna be the first one. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna uh, set the tone for a new contract. I'll be I I Zaka, yeah, I like Zaka, but I'll go Greer. I'll go AJ Greer. I there think you go. I think I think out of all those people in the lineup tomorrow night, I think AJ Greer is gonna be one of the most people one one of the most electric skaters tomorrow night. Just high energy. He's happy that I mean he spent majority he only played nine games with New Jersey last year. Um point actually, point point per game play in the AHL though. Yeah, that's no, that's not freaking easy to do. There are some players who are just AHL players, but I think this is a guy who knows that he's kind of running out of options. He's got a guy like uh, Trent Frederick on his ass ready to take his spot. So I'll say AJ Greer, first goal scorer tomorrow night. I'll I'll tell you something that's factual, and I'm not not freaking joking around with you, Nick. I talked to like several freaking American Hockey League players whether they be high profiles, prospects, or guys just grinding it out. And they say that the AHL is so much faster than the NHL. Oh, yeah. I, I You got all those young guys down there friggin' flying. Oh, yeah. I, I believe it. Yeah. Fucking buzzing everywhere. Fucking shots yeah, coming yeah. at you real fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet. And Greer playing with guys like Coyle and Smitty. Um, we'll see. That's, that's, that's going to be, I mean, the top three lines I'll be watching closely all night. The fourth line doesn't excite me, but that could quickly change as early as the next game. So, and who knows? These are just projections, basically. I mean, with yep. with Strawman officially signing as well, who knows if we'll see Clifton in the lineup tomorrow? But I'd imagine we do see Clifton, but uh, Clifton over Strawman. But we shall see. But that'll wrap it up for episode six of Only Bruins. Mr. Mark Allred, I appreciate you hopping on with me, man, and uh, just talking Bruins. And it's only fitting that you hop on, you know, last episode before the puck drop, uh, before the season starts. I'm excited. Uh, and I, it was fun talking hockey with you again, man. I'm looking forward to having you on again. Uh, do you want to, you know, plug anything one more time and say your goodbyes? Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me on the pod, dude. I truly appreciate it. Always good to talk peas with you. Uh, just a, a nice, freaking relaxed conversation. Drinks are always flowing, my man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I am the host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, and you can follow us on um, on Twitter at Black and Gold Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Black and Gold Two Seven Seven. 
and uh, check out our website uh, articles from uh, the guys that really and ladies that drive this this uh, BNG team at blackandgoldhockey.com. And a uh, new podcast just dropped last night. That's the Progress Hockey Report. We talked about it earlier. And that's on uh, all worldwide listening platforms and certainly appreciate the support over there. Um, but yeah, I do that podcast by myself, so I might sound like a robot because I'm reading off a script and so on. But <laughs> but it's still so- a lot of fun and something I just got to get used to. But it's important to me to, uh, you know, as a credentialed writer with the American Hockey League Providence Bruins, I think that I should bring uh, not only the scribe, but also the uh, the audio version as well to the uh the folks that want to know a little bit more about what's going on down the A. Yeah, exactly. And not all people are readers as well. Some like their podcast. So um, I'm sure you'll definitely get your listeners, your subscribers and uh, with the Providence. Hey, did you report. subscribe? I am. But I haven't you listened better. yet. I'm, uh... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You're halfway slacking. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I didn't get a chance. Usually I listen to Tuesdays. I listen to podcasts all day, but I listened with my commute to and from work uh on sunday's release of black and gold hockey podcast but i'll have to definitely get a listen in before i'm subscribed i just have to get a listen in before friday night for sure absolutely absolutely appreciate the support my man yeah absolutely i love your work and um it's always knowledgeable and whatnot you guys do a great job over there i'm sure you kevin and potentially dom at some point this season are going to keep doing a great job i appreciate you hopping on uh that'll wrap it up for episode six uh till next time folks let's go bruins baby we love you all stay cool peace